Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike, Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, we're going to talk about a difficult subject here for the next 10 minutes or so. One of the things that producer Amy and I have made a point of following during the course of this pandemic is something we mentioned yesterday, uh, and it has to do with crime rates and specifically crimes committed in the home. If you look at uh, any of the various jurisdictions throughout this state and even beyond the borders of uh, Utah, you will see uh, some some startling trends in the uh, area of domestic abuse. There have been significant upticks in those types of crimes. Uh, and if you get on the phone with folks like the Domestic Violence uh, Coalition, you will learn that their resources are strained because there is so much need for what they bring uh, to the lives of those who find themselves as victims at the hands of domestic abusers. Well, it's not the only area where we have seen in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic an uptick in uh, crime. If you look uh, in the area of child exploitation and the trafficking of children, during the course of this pandemic, those challenges have been exacerbated. To help understand what's being done at the federal level in conjunction with local authorities, I'm joined on the line uh, by John Huber, U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah. Mr. Huber joins us now. Sir, how are you? Good day to you, Lee. It's great to be back with you. Yeah, it's always uh, it's always great to have you on the program. Uh, and unfortunately, we're talking about uh, you know a, kind of a tough topic here today. Uh, but but there are things being done to protect the children who find themselves uh, victims and at the hands of uh, such terrible folks. About a decade and a half ago, there was a, a project put together, the Project Safe Childhood, that's been operating since what May of two thousand six. Talk to me a bit first before we get into the details of today. About about uh, that initiative? Well, this is just, uh, it, it transcends administrations, you know, to point out that it's 15 years in the works. Uh, you know, this is something we can all have common ground on to protect our children. And there's such a need in American society. In Utah, there are far too many problems, very serious problems with child sexual exploitation. And this brings together the best that America has to offer to fight against the worst that America has to offer. We have uh, federal agents, task force officers, experienced detectives who team up with the best prosecutors in state court and the best prosecutors in federal court to bring 
unwarranted justice to people who see our children as nothing more than sexualized commodities. Now, what brings you as the U.S. attorney, one who deals with federal law, what brings you to the table? What's your role in all of this? Well, as with many of our violent crime problems, uh, I go after the worst of the worst. So there are so many bad and just troubling cases out there. And with child exploitation, we have these pedophiles, and history shows us that when they're out, they're going to re-victimize children, and we just cannot have that happen. And so what the federal court offers and the federal code offers is really meaningful sentences to match the conduct of repeated sexual exploitation. And that's the really watered-down way to say it, Lee. Uh, when you say sexual exploitation, we're really talking about child rape. I mean, that's, that's the stark reality of what we're dealing with. And when you have that recorded and sold and bartered over the Internet, this is just repeated. That, that rape is repeated and repeated over and over uh, to the benefit of these, uh, these inhumane people. Well, federal court offers the option to put them away for a long time based on the repeated conduct. And then once they do get out, and they will, years down the road, they will, in many cases, have lifetime monitoring of them so that we can keep children and future victims safe from them. What does the monitoring look like? Well, you know, our federal probation officers, uh, their caseload is much different than an APMP officer in state court. So they, they, they have far fewer people to keep track of. And we have, you know, monthly monitoring. We have counseling. We have treatment. But really holding people accountable. Like, you cannot go on the Internet when you are on federal supervised release because we know that most of these crimes – either occur, occur on the internet or are completely facilitated through the use of cyber technology. That's how they entice children. That's how they record it. That's how they broadcast it to the world. In the, in the release I got from your office not that long ago, you are quoted saying that the, the pandemic has exacerbated the challenges in protecting children. Uh, that being said, uh, you point out there's been no slowdown in your efforts. Uh, talk to me about how this pandemic has uh, exacerbated these challenges. Well, it's a cliche at this point, but it's a perfect storm. 2020 is the perfect storm on this front as well, because we have to understand the premise that many, if not most, of these perpetrators are relatives or family friends. And now you have their situation with our schools where it's unpredictable at best what what our children will have as far as school goes. And traditionally, historically, the schools are a safe shelter for our children, and now Instead, you have six to eight hours at home, many times unsupervised because their parents are working hard to support the family. And Utah has been fortunate with our employment rates through the pandemic. But then you add on top of that, not only unsupervised at home, you have unsupervised use of the Internet at home by these children. And like I said, that's where many of our pedophiles lurk and linger looking for the next target. Is there any bright spot here? Uh, are there trends in uh, you know a, a good direction? Is there any uh, you know reason to be hopeful that the efforts uh, of your office are, are leading to, to good outcomes and safety of children? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm an optimist. I work in the in a dark world, but I'm an optimist, and 
uh, we have the best. Uh, we are holding people accountable. And so when I first started as U.S. attorney over five years ago, we would take on about 41, 42 of these worst of the worst type cases every year. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, we're doing on average 55 of these a year. These are these are the worst cases you can imagine and probably can't imagine actually what's going on here. And we don't want to imagine it, but it's really happening. And so we are being more productive. Now that could be taken as, are there more targets? And that's a bigger problem. Yeah, that's one way to read it. But it also is a read that we are holding 55 people a year accountable, bringing meaningful justice to them so that they cannot uh, by the dozen uh, affect and, and ruin the lives of children uh, for years to come. And so each one of those people we're able to put in federal prison, we have now provided dozens of years of safety to a particular neighborhood, a family, and a home. John Huber, U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah, thank you. As a father, thank you. As a Utah, thank you. As an American, thank you. And as a human being, uh, thank you. Uh, these are dark issues. These are dark crimes. And we are lucky to have uh, folks uh, like those members of this task force and this Project Safe Childhood uh, who are using the law to put the bad guys away to keep children safe. Mr. Huber, thanks again. Thanks, Lee. We'll talk to you next time. Very good. Uh, quick break. When we return, we're going to shift gears to San Francisco. There's a school out there which has, for years and years, borne the name of Abraham Lincoln. Well, turns out in the eyes of those in power in San Francisco, Abraham Lincoln's a bad guy now, and the name has to come down. What the heck is that all about? We'll try to figure it out, make some sense of it. Though, I'll give you a spoiler right now. It's impossible. Abraham Lincoln, next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.